Hello, Michelle Laurie here. It's no secret that Australia's property market is out of control these days, but I, for one, can't seem to stop following along. I've become a bit obsessed with it, to be honest. What's up, what's down, and who on earth is paying those prices for those houses? So I want to personally recommend a podcast for you. It's called Real Property. It'll keep you across the latest information on the Australian property market in a clear and easy-to-digest way. Real Property, building a community of more informed property buyers. Take a listen wherever you get your podcasts. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The producers of this podcast recognize the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. The children came in, had a normal morning of writing, uh, maths. At 10.30 I let the children out for recess and only minutes later they came running back inside saying, Mr Hunter, Mr Hunter, there's a man outside with a gun. I didn't think too much of it. I wandered to the door, not wanting to overreact to their alarmist attitudes, and I thought it would just be a someone wanting to shoot a rabbit or something like that. But no, I was dramatically, I guess, confronted with this balaclava-hooded man pointing a gun directly at my chest saying, get back inside or I'll effing shoot you. He was puffing and panting and perspiring profusely and he was highly agitated. Very scary sight. I did exactly what he told me for those first minutes at least. I'm Michelle Laurie and this is Calm Your Farm. Tips for taking care of you from the unlikeliest of gurus. Rob Hunter was 21 years old and the only teacher at a tiny country school in 1977 when two men burst in and kidnapped him and his nine students. He wrote a book about it called Day Nine at Warreen, and there's a link in the show notes to this episode that'll take you to his website where you can buy it. But I'll let Rob tell you a bit more about the kidnapping, the mental health repercussions and the long road back. I actually didn't realise it was as serious as it was. I thought this guy was just a bit of a crank and I'd be able to get around him after a little bit of nice talk and that I'd be able to write a cheque out or hand over some cash or, or speak nicely to him or, you know, and he would leave and reason would prevail. But no, he had a strong agenda and that was the way it unfolded. So we were initially all chained up with a 10-metre-long dog chain with padlocks, 10 of us in a row, and goes and gets his vehicle, which is parked down the side road. At one stage, the gun was within reach. I considered grabbing the gun. He was a strong man. I think I automatically realised that I couldn't overpower him physically before I got chained up. 
So I continued to do what I was asked to do. The one thing that I was able to do was stop the clock. Uh, it was an electric clock. Clock was stopped at around about five past, ten past eleven, because that was the time that he took us. And I was able to pull the plug out from the wall to stop the clock. I wasn't able to write a note, wasn't able to make a phone call, I wasn't able to make any signals, but I did stop the clock. The number of people that turned up to search for us, because they actually thought initially that we had just gone for a walk, because Eastwood wrote on the door, gone on a nature study, be back in one hour. It was well planned. Eventually they came into the school at 20 to 4 thinking, Rob, why haven't you let the kids out? And there's no one there, totally void of, it's just bare. They notice the note on the door. They they notice the clock stopped. So they saw the clock. They saw my watch, my wallet, and my keys on the teacher's table. Car was still there. Things did not look right. So they search. They can ring around, amazed by the fact phone's not working in the school. Eventually, they decide at half past four that they've got to make a phone call to the police so they go to the nearest farmhouse and make the phone call. Graham Washfold from Leangatha Police, when he entered the schoolroom, he very quickly ascertained that it was a crime scene, that the children had been taken, not by me, but by an intruder. Partly because of the fact that my watch was there and my wallet and my keys and this weird note written on a piece of dodgy cardboard with capital letters that primary teachers would not write in with a felt tip pen without a signature, not having let any parents know what was going on. That was certainly my fear that I was going to be shot, got rid of, that the children would have been at his disposal. So about two and a half hours along the journey, going around dirt roads with the occasional vehicle passing us, uh, I heard a, the odd truck, probably two or three trucks that we'd passed, but we eventually collided with one and we very nearly all got killed. Two truck drivers in that truck. The driver of that truck becomes the hero later on. <clears throat> his name's Robin Smith. He risked his life. Not then. Um, he waited his time very smartly uh, and appropriately the next morning. Two truck drivers, so they're a problem for the kidnapper. They get forced to lie down on the road. The chains eventually taken off the children, put onto the two truck drivers. Eventually I'm out and I'm chained to the two truck drivers as well. When we arrived at the camping spot, there was some supplies there hidden under a tarpaulin. There was a large tree in a cleared area. Um, Us Five men were chained around the tree. The women and the children were free to settle down in the grass and some of the scant supplies were passed around. Eastwood lies down in a deck chair and eventually goes off to sleep. Robin Smith is opposite him. Um, Robin is quite strategically actually sort of moved around a little bit so he couldn't be seen. Yeah, Robin's the hero. He'd been able to get his hand out of the chain that evening. We'd all been given an opportunity to go to the toilet. Robin quite smartly had done a bit of a trick to make sure that the chain wasn't done up too tight. Um, And he was able to force his hand through. I think he did a bit of damage to his thumb 
in actually doing this, but he was able to quietly get his hand out and waited and waited and waited until around about 5am and snuck off and ran to the nearest farmhouse. He would have been shot for sure. He wasn't sure that Eastwood was asleep at that point. He hoped that Eastwood was asleep, but he risked big time taking a bullet for us all. He knew the area really well. He remembered this farmhouse. He knew where we were. The people who he arrived at didn't want to open the door because they were a little bit worried about this stranger that arriving at their house at 6am in the morning. But eventually they did open the door. Couldn't understand what he wanted because they didn't speak very good English. Precious minutes elapsed. Robin's hope was that he would have been able to get police back while everyone was asleep, but that didn't happen. So eventually, probably about half past six, everyone wakes up, including Eastwood. Uh, The radio's going, we're listening to the news, a lot of talk about these missing children, possible kidnapping, and Eastwood's enjoying listening to that news bulletin, but eventually gets up and notices that Robin Smith is, is absent he goes nuts because uh, he knows that he's blown his cover. He knows he's in trouble, so we all get bustled quickly into the van and then there's extreme speed getting away from that spot. But only five kilometres down the road, we come across a police car heading in our direction that actually has Robin in the back seat directing the police. And then there's a high-speed chase, which is probably the most scariest part of the whole event. Police end up shooting at us. Eastwood shoots at the police. Bullets did go in funny places. But thankfully, somehow or other, we were protected and no one ended up with a bullet through them other than uh, Eastwood. We're all saved and no one's hurt except Eastwood who ends up getting shot in the leg. So we were standing on the South Gippsland Highway halfway between Sale and Yarram at half past seven on the Tuesday morning after we'd been kidnapped at half past ten on the Monday morning. The four children that left the school, I had no more contact with from then on for nearly 40 years. I continued teaching for the rest of the year at the school uh, with five children. But after that year, so I didn't follow up those families at all, really, and time went by until one of the students decided to come and visit me. Um, One of the students came to visit me in around about 2005, I think. Wanted to thank me. Wanted to thank me for my role, uh, that um, that I'd done a good job. And um, that unlocked um, the gate. Um, A lot of pent-up emotion... And uh, I sort of realised after that, I've got to write that book that I knew I'd always wanted to write. There was no proper counselling process. Mind you, I'm now a trained counsellor. So, yeah, the book was an, is an expression of, of my health. It's a celebration of my health. There's still a lot of emotion around the whole thing, as you can hear in my voice. <clears throat> but I write on the back of, back of the book, the author celebrates the healing that is possible from such pain and torment giving the reader renewed hope in a troubled world. That was my number one motivation, really, to write the book, to give hope 
to victims, to crime victims, but not just crime victims, people who experience hurt, pain, trauma of all sorts. I like to think that I've been healed from the trauma, and I think I have. And I talk about that quite a bit in the book, at the latter part of the book, and that's what's motivated my kidnap teacher talks and particularly for secondary schools wanting to share this story with students and share the the health that I now enjoy and some of the principles that I followed which helped me get through that pain. I'd had a strong foundation I suppose which is one of the key things that, that helped me get along. Gratitude was really really important. I had a lot to be thankful for. I focused on the positive. I focused on Robin Smith. I focused on the good things about the kidnapping, that everyone was safe. I remember choosing to say, okay, now I'm going to be thankful for this. The police were outstanding. The way in which the events unfolded, I really felt like someone was looking after us. The series of events were just uncanny. The saga of events, the way in which it unfolded. So I had a lot to be thankful for and I still had my job. And one of the biggest things I was thankful for was that I didn't do anything stupid which I very nearly did a couple of things stupid, like grabbing the gun that I didn't do. For more tips on taking care of you from the unlikeliest of gurus, including recipes for relaxing body products you can make at home, things to read and watch instead of scrolling through your phone, cheap, cheerful and calming gift ideas, go to calmyourfarm.com.au. We'd love to hear your ideas too. This has been another Smartfella production in conjunction with the Acast Creator Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.